0: Seek above all for a game worth playing.
1: Welcome to this episode of Make Yoga Magic Again, the House of Mages podcast. I'm Daniel Cumming. In this episode, I interview Victoria Redbard. Victoria Redbard is Australia's leading sexuality expert, a speaker, author, facilitator, and altogether business badass. Over the past three years, she's founded the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. Globally accredited sexuality school honing its cutting edge self pleasure modality. She's also the driving force behind Enlightenment in the Bedroom events, the TEDx of sexuality held in nine locations across Australia. Through a delicious mix of intuition, instinct and passion, she wakes people up to the innocent aliveness of their erotic nature. I first met Victoria at a contact dance event in Brisbane and instantly hit it off. We had a very similar passion for exploring the mysteries of the world, asking the questions that most seem to ignore, and seeing the world as a playground within which the possibilities for more joy, pleasure and evolution are endless she seems to be able to see the subtle strings that connect everything in this great web of weird and is able to weave her pieces of magic into it in a way that inspires and empowers anyone that comes into contact with her i've had so much fun journeying with her in many different ways over the last few years and very grateful that she's been a part of my life so without further ado victoria Redbart. Right, we are good to go. So, welcome everybody to this episode of House of Mages. My name is Daniel Cum, and I have a very special guest with me today. Someone I've been wanting to chat magic with for way too long, but for some reason we haven't really made the space up until up until now, so this is perfect for it. Uh, I'll let her introduce herself, but I feel like our connection, the best way I can sum it up is when... Myself and Victoria were at a temple night at the Expansion Mansion, and there was what like fifty people all all around us. And we found each other right in the middle of the room in the circle, and just looked each other dead in the eye and just started laughing like maniacally, just mad <laughs> up, and It was just yeah. I think that that is just like the best way to sum up our our friendship, our connection. Um, So, yeah, thank you, Victoria. So, um, yeah, I'll let you introduce yourself and and a little bit about what you do and why you're here.
0: Yeah. um, So I'm Victoria Redbard, somatic sexologist. Um, I have a sexuality school where I talk a little bit about magic indirectly, um, which is I believe, you know, like the mysteries of sexuality are really deeply embedded in magic and mystery. So, um, and, you know, it's kind of perfect because I don't, I can really mainstream by actually bringing it through the sexuality space. Um, What I've, you know, what I've been finding is that, you know, a lot of the work that I do has come through this understanding of magic and mystery and transmission and how, what I'm calling like sensual osmosis. It's like how things move, how information changes hands without actually speaking it into, into words. So yeah, I, I, yeah, love this friendship that we have because I feel like you are, are able to meet me in the understanding of all those things without so much language and, and the mind, and I believe that's where a lot of, the, of magic happens is in the body. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed our friendship. Dan and I actually met on a, an, aesthetic, um, da- an aesthetic dance, and it was just full weaving from the moment we met, and the bodies were just communicating and so much was happening. So it's been um, a really exciting friendship to to play with.
1: Yeah, definitely. I felt that too. I just remember looking at you and just thinking, yeah, I get you. Like, I know <laughs> where you're coming from, everything. Yeah, definitely. So, I'd really love to delve because, um, is it exactly what you said? A lot of the time we kind of have to avoid even using the word magic and just kind of explain it in psychological terms and just, yeah, more mainstream terms in ways that people understand what we're trying to do and not have those connotations around it. But, I feel like people are starting to understand what we mean when we say magic, but then everyone has their own spin on it as well. Um, so I'd really like to just start with how you got introduced to magic, like where you started, like how you got you know introduced to the term, what your experiences were, if you had any like any weird synchronicities at the start that kind of linked you in, your successes, your failures, your crazy little adventures in, in uh, getting into it. I'd love to hear all about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, I always thought that I was a witch and I had no real understanding of why I thought that, but it was just, uh, you know, every like just being in my garden and just like making potions all the time. And like, you know, the friends that I had at the time, we were like obsessed with fairies and with like, there was a particular tree on the green that we would, that we, that would, the bus would drop us off at. We'd always run there and there would always be, you know, this conversation of the fairies and where they were and what they were, you know, what they were saying and what the storylines were. And I feel like. Um, for me, this is like, you know, I grew out of that for a phase of my life. And then I realized like actually the the threads that were that are actually so important in those pieces. And it kind of, and for me, it's about like the listening to the space. You know, a lot of people think for me around sex and around magic and around all these pieces is about listening to the life force. It's like an energy that we can listen to that's even like, you know, between you and I in our relationship, there's a space between. And for me, that's where the magic is. It's um, and that's been the, you know, one of the major things that I've taken away from how we play with magic from when we were a kid to what actually happens now. And, you know, how that's also weaved into my successes and into my um, relationship with business and with um, sexuality and all those pieces is, you know, how am I listening to the to the space between me and and my business how am I listening to the space between me and my partners how am I listening to me and um just the space that is the universe and when I were listening to the, the the silence almost it's like actually there's there's threads of consciousness that want to be pulled and I guess that really came back to me um you know as an adult through the kind of you know avenues of witchcraft I suppose through through medicine and through ayahuasca you know I saw about like you know I asked them to show me my my life path I asked it to show me my um yeah like what it wanted what it wanted me to do and it just said it, it was almost like it was showing me how I was a witch and it showed me all my powers and it showed me all these these parts of myself that um that were that have always been there and almost like how to use them and I guess now I just have the language of like, oh, yeah, I'm listening to the space between me and whatever. Whereas when I was a kid, it was like, I didn't even need to need to understand that in my mind. I was just doing it. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you almost like, so, I was so embodied in it as a child that I didn't need to explain it to anybody else. Almost see this as the way of like how we um, experience our life and we think that we need to explain to people how we feel all the time. And mm-hmm. a lot of like what happens when we're listening to the space is that we don't need to um explain what how we're feeling we're just actually feeling it and we're being in it and there's almost an uh, like a, an osmosis like a uh, an information exchange um you know like the 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 movement of the of the relationship that we have with it one another and the relationship we have with magic is like it's own organism like it's constantly mm-hmm. moving and growing in its own way and i feel that that's been a lot of my relationship with magic is Um, Yeah, just being with the organism of life, being with the organism of myself, my relationships um, with all those pieces. So, yeah.
1: Do you have a first memory where you did a spell or something happened either intentionally or accidentally and it sparked you to kind of think, wow, this stuff is real. Like this is something that I can actually play with and, and do that. I have power. There's like something more to the world than most of these muggles think there is. You know what I mean? Is, yeah. there, is there something noticeable that you can remember? Because I'm really interested in in the kind of lineage of magic. You know, I know that there's, you know, everything's kind of mixed together a lot of the time now, but, you know, what did you start with? Were there certain authors of books? Did you play around and just try things? Was there someone in your childhood that kind of introduced you to it?
0: Nobody in my childhood. I feel like my childhood was full of muggles. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> um Really what I see is, yeah, like a lot of visioning that I did was really around, you know, the feeling state. You know, I think I've been using that for longer than I can even recognize. Like I would feel things into existence as if they were already happening. So it's kind of like, you know, reverse engineering. And sometimes what I also call like, um, you know, when I was a kid, I think I used to do kind of what I would now term as like a reserve sex magic reverse sex magic it's like um the con the context of like going all right what's the worst case scenario that's going to happen when I do this thing like you know going to school and like feeling like any kind of anxiety towards something mm-hmm. I would go into my body and feel like the worst case scenarios and then um I would uh yeah like already experience it and it's almost like I'd let go of would almost like alchemize the fear inside of me um before I would do anything So that's one way that I would work through that. But I mean, my favorite stories of like, how I have gone, okay, this is what I want and this is what's gonna happen. is probably around like the work of Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. Um, I started playing with his stuff like a few years ago and just going, okay, here's exactly what I want. And and he has the idea of like making um, mind movies. And so you kind of just like have these like images, and then you have you play a song, and you kind of meditating, and then you meditate to the song, and then you bring it back. And I do this all the time now, but I don't necessarily make my movies. I just like anchor songs into my body, and when I play the certain songs, um, I will start going into my future of what I'm going to create. So and and it it always works now. Like it's like I anchor different songs to. like feelings i'm like and i can go straight into like the feeling of opening my heart into like okay this is how i'm going to feel when i'm with this person and okay this is how i'm going to feel when i step onto stage and create this and and you know and there's almost like this is how i'm going to feel when like money is moving in this way in my life and it's just like i've been able to really locate all those things and i feel like using the essence of um of like eros like working through life force and bringing eros into any particular energy that i want to play with Mm -hmm. has allowed me to um, to activate different things. Actually, <laughs> talking of like uh, alchemizing as well, I have had my um, butt plugs. <laughs> these are my magic wands now. <laughs>
1: <are the> <laughs> I just Putting up a lot of stuff about that recently.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I just designed these, and i and because I got into this understanding of like, oh my god, you can actually alchemize things through like um, the subconscious mind. It's like this is like the subconscious mind is often what's holding like heaps of our contraction. Mm. And a lot of the contraction is held in the, in the survival. So a lot of like things that we're growing when we're trying to make magic happen, it's often our survival that doesn't believe it's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It's like the part that's holding us back is like the part that thinks that things are always going to be the way they've been rather than being able to lean into the unknown and the possibilities. And like, you know, the anus is kind of like in cosmology is kind of connected to the, the, the deep unknown, like the void space. So, you know, one of the ways that I also work with magic is to like drop into like how do I get into the the complete void and the, to the nothingness to bring something through from the unknown? Um, so I really feel like the the, the anus and like working with the, that contraction that we have or we hold around our base allows us to access that that point of like no return that allows the unknown to feel magic rather than you know the terror that comes into dro- stepping towards the unknown.
1: Definitely, and that's why like mm-hmm. I love Joe Dispenza as well. I remember yeah, because mm-hmm. one movie is from um, uh, becoming superhuman. Is it any second?
0: Yeah, book?
1: yeah, um, yeah. Because that's the thing. I, I feel like he really strips back the practicalities of magic, and that's the thing as well. Because a lot of the the books I've read are, are very surrounded in mythic framework and cultural framework, and they think that all this kind of stuff is important. This has to happen. But what I feel like he's a modern day kind of um, mystic. You know, science, science, mystic, pseudoscience. Like it's all put in really understandable language and paradigm neutral. It's, you know, kind of they yeah. don't need that mythic framework around it, which I think is important in its own way. But I think he's really just broken down how magic works. And it's interesting to what you said about the, your reverse sex magic because that's one biggest piece that I've found over the years that I've really had to figure out a way to do because it's, it's the detachment because that's the key, right? So you put all your emotion into the ritual, all your emotion to whatever spell you're doing, and then you let it go, but then you have to let it go. And I actually um, found a similar way that it sounds like what you do it. And i love to hear your kind of how process of how you do this as well. But the easiest way I found to let go is to go into the worst case scenario. Cause it's like you said, you know, our fear base, right? It's, um, you know, at the fear of actually not getting that. It's like, I really want this thing. I, I did a ritual for it. I really want this thing to manifest it. But then it's the fear of not actually getting it. So I find that delving into that worst case scenario if it doesn't happen or any of that sort of stuff, actually takes a fear around it and that finally lets it go. Is that kind of something similar to how you do it, perceive it?
0: And I think what we really need to do is like, you know, we are in these heightened states of like bliss and expansion is what allows these things to kind of like all drop into place because we're seeing the world through that lens. And to be in an authentic state of like bliss and an expansion, we need to actually deal with the parts of us that are not in that state. Mm. And I think a lot of where people go wrong with magic is that they just go, "Oh, I'm just gonna be really happy, I'm just gotta like you know play in this space, and it's like it's, like magic is just is a pretty good bullshit detector actually <laughs> you know and it like and it won't drive anything from your ego from your identity, it'll only drive from the from the soul essence, so any part of us that is not connected to our soul in that is just it's not gonna happen,
1: mm. So, what advice would you give? Because the thing, as well, like the whole, you know, the secret um, kind of law of attraction, positive psychology movement is huge, but I feel like a lot of people that I speak to who are manifesting in that have, you know, really unreliable results. And I think what can be negative around that is that you end up blaming yourself for it. So, because I feel like it's a mixture between our willpower and then you know the collective willpower, right? So you've got to kind of push through resistance sometimes. So. If someone was, you know, following that law of attraction, you know, be positive around everything, Abraham Hicksish type of approach, what would you, what advice would you give to them in, um, in your perspective of how the universe actually works? You know, we're talking about the void, the manifest universe. How do you think it responds to to um, magic in general and people's willpower?
0: I think magic fucking hates dogma. <laughs> I think it's like so done with all of your positive psychology shit, you know, like, it's just like, it's not going to play that way. Yeah. Anything that is brought to you from your mind is just like, you can just fuck it off if you want to play a magic. Like you mm-hmm. have to like actually let go of the mind and come into the body. And that for me, the only, the way, the reason why people are so terrified to be in their bodies, is because their their sexual energy it's like the kundalini energy, you know? Mm. And that's really what I'm dealing with. And why I feel like I don't have unreliable results with magic. Like anything that I manifest always comes into fruition. Um and because it's soul driven as well, you know? So and for the soul to land in the body, we have to free up the Eros. Um so the Eros is, the, you know, the life force energy, the the current. It's for me it's like the vibration of of non of non dualistic um connection inside of the body. Mm. So for me, like this is constantly, always here. It's kind of like our heartbeat. And what gets in the way of our heartbeat from actually being a full expression and just like living with our subconscious mind and our conscious mind together is our conditioning. So anything we're bringing in through the mind is actually just more dogma and conditioning. Whereas when we actually let go of all of our dogma and conditioning, our eros is free to be in the body. And I believe that sex is the like the baseline of actually like kind of like charging through that energy and um, like clearing out all the stuff that's there because eros has no um eros has no right and wrong it doesn't have uh like the energy itself is not based in any kind of conditioning it's not even based in love like when it's not based in any kind of concept of what it needs to be it's actually just its own driving force and when we get clear with the driving force of eros inside of our body then we're able to Clear through all the bullshit that's in the way of all these pieces coming together so it's kind of the same in tantra we might call it like alchemizing the masculine and feminine together as well mm. so often when they're like some sort of magic that's not coming into fruition that you're trying to manifest it's because um you know the the, matu- the immaturity in either the masculine or the feminine is not is not balanced and so a lot of what i'm doing with the work with the butt plugs is the is the alchemizing of the uh, masculine and feminine energies. It's the alchemizing of the conscious and subconscious mind? And we're, when, we, when they come together and they're free in the body, then there seems to be this pathway that's just carved out, that just that just moves because you're not stuck in any kind of value system that's actually stopping you from having what you want. Like I truly believe that conditioning and dogma is the major thing that's standing in the way of magic actually existing mm. um, and working for a person.
1: So when you say dogma, so what what do you mean by dogma? What's your kind of perception of of what people are usually doing at the moment that's standing in in their way of performing successful magic?
0: Um, Well, it's any set of beliefs that is um, rooted in the mind and not in the body. So the body doesn't have, so kind of like Eros, the body doesn't have a, uh, doesn't make meaning out of things. It just experiences itself. Mm -hmm. So anytime, like if I need to share with you, like, oh, I've got, let's say I'm sitting here and I've got like a a really uncomfortable knot of something inside of my gut and I'm just feeling super contracted and I don't want to be on this call and I'm just like really uncomfortable. Um, what I actually have to share with you is that I have anxiety, right? But I'm going to tell you now that that experience that I'm having in my body is really completely, completely different to how you're experiencing anxiety in your body. Mm. And even that is dogma because we are playing in this set of of, underst- of a, an understanding of a word that is completely different in my body to how it is in your body. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to actually alchemize with magic is to um, really deeply know the self. Like it's like the knowing of, of your own experience beyond having to share it with someone else. When I work with the, you know, self-pleasure, which is basically my main form of like spell casting, is, um, you know, I'm working with the working with being with the self beyond the sharing of the self. So I don't go into my body and go, oh, that's." that looks like I've got a bit of anxiety here right now. I don't mm. need to have that conversation with myself. Mm. What I actually have to do is be with the thing that's actually moving, which is the sensation. So I drop in down past the thought, past the emotion, past the feeling into the sensation. And when I'm with the sensation, that's when I can actually journey with it and actually allow it to, to free it from its contracted state into its, into an expansive state. And this is basically me just getting all my cells on board with what I'm trying to create. So I'll go into a self-pleasure practice, I'll set the intention of like this is what I'm going to create and then I'll alchemize with all the parts of me that are not okay with that thing happening and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just realigning everything to come into, into the vortex with me of what I'm trying to create.
1: Yeah, and that- I feel like
0: that that's the best way to like move through dogma is just to bring it back to sensation.
1: Yeah, I agree and I love what you said about words because that's the thing as well, we, we think that, you know, we all see the colours the same, we all understand words the same, but, yeah, we have this dogma around it, even the word dogma. People, you know, experience that concept differently. So, and I think the big piece as well, what you were saying is, obviously, these have been practices that you've been doing for a while, and initially, every practice you do is conscious, right? So, you're installing software, inserting ideas, like learning to drive, right? When, you, when you're doing it, you're doing it very efficiently, you're kind of clunky, and if you had to, you know, you know, escape or something like that or, or drive in a, you know, kind of catastrophic environment, you wouldn't do too well. But once you have that and your subconscious takes over, you can do so many things. You can have a conversation. You still get to your destination safely. But I think that's the part that's missing for quite a lot of people as well. They don't seem to – because you've started You started early. You started practicing a lot of these things. And you, I think without even speaking it, you understood that you needed to install that software and play with it into the subconscious, where a lot of people don't. They think, oh, okay, I'll just try this once or I'll try this a couple of times. And it doesn't work right. because they're still operating in their conscious mind, right? They haven't actually let their body play with it, like learning a, a musical instrument as well. You can't really express the full expression through that catalyst. And that's why I think as well it's important for what, what I'm trying to do with House of Majors is introduce people to different systems which they can install and then play with as well. Yep. Um, because is there a, a, a method that you use initially that – you kind of change and shifted and use now, because obviously sexual energy uh, and um, sex magic in general is, is your go-to from the sounds of it these days.
0: Yeah, and it actually is remind me so like I have a, a sex magic meditation which I will send to you that we can put in this course as well. And the way that I have been explaining it to people is that when you come into sex magic, you often think like, you know, this is going to be this really beautiful, pleasurable experience of like opening your body to the, to the eros and to the magic of sex, right? And that's going to allow you all your dreams to come true. And really what I think is actually happening is that like what we're doing is we're getting closer to our reality that we're trying to bring into our existence. And as that comes in, what we're actually faced with is everything that is not that. So, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people give up, you know, like you said, did I have a, an experience with like magic that hasn't really worked? It's like, yeah, in the beginning it was really freaking disheartening, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because it's like you're being with all the parts of you that are not magic mm-hmm. and you have to come to close to parts of you that are feeling the contraction because that is actually where the magic happens. When you learn to be with the parts of you that don't feel like magic, that don't feel like this creative genius, um, it's like the – You know, like embodiment, magic, all these pieces. It's just like, how closely can you relate to your humanness? And and from there, that's where the magic actually rises. Because the magic, the mystery, is in the human experience. Mm. It's like I feel like you know, when we talk about little kids and we're like chasing the fairies and we're you know we're you you know we're running around the park and we're just in this like alter you know a complete alternate alternate universe. It's like this is what people think they're looking for when they're being with magic. But the magic is actually so deeply in the in all of the intrinsical things. And even like, you know, we talk about trauma and stuff like that. Like those have been some of the biggest access points to my to my deepest magic is like journeying through to the depths of my trauma. You know, like when something awful happens to me uh, and I like journey and then I go, right, I'm going to sit and be in my practice right now because it's right here. Those have been some of the most profound spells that I've been able to cast because I've been able to drop into into the layers of my humanity that I have been running from that are quite hard to access. So yeah, that's also another thing. Like if you are new to magic and you're wanting to, you know, learn how to to, to be with these parts of yourself, don't go into magic when you're in a great mood and you're having a great time. You know, that's, that will be fun. <laughs> but honestly, the real, the, the beginning for me, the magic actually started to happen when I learned how to be with the harder parts of the human experience.
1: Mm, I love what you said that um, being with the magic is is meeting all the parts of yourself that aren't magic. And I think that's the thing as well. I know Mm -hmm. with me and people that I've talked to, because early in my magical experience, career, I guess, I met some people who started with it, but wouldn't touch it after. Because what happened is they had a couple of successes from little rituals, and then they started doing bigger things, and then their life fell apart. They, you know, they lost their partner, they lost their job, they had to move house, all this sort of stuff happened. And so they associate that with the magic. They're like, oh, no, magic is bad. Magic is evil. magic's going to ruin my life and, and ruin your life. Don't touch it. It's, it's bad. It's evil. But from what I, what I understand, and I love the piece that you said about it, eventually once magic, because magic is alive, right? And I think we perceive magic in that same way, that life force. Magic's like, oh, okay, they're actually getting serious about this. All right, well, if you're serious about doing um, magic, if you really want to be a mage, then this partner isn't serving you, this job isn't serving you, this boom, this, boom, 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 boom. And there is a part, like you, like multiple times. I think we've both chatted about this before, that whole Hagalaz, the, that big, you know, the tower from the tarot, that just like, all right, this doesn't serve you. So, yeah, but you've, yeah, what's your kind of um, experience with that and your perspective on that? Because um, I think we thrive in that environment. Um, yeah. Not all the time. <laughs> when I yeah, I went to <laughs> one recently, but eventually we thrive. Yeah, we are human. I do
0: really agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do agree with that. And, you know, like for me, uh, I personally have experienced that the fire is the one of the first elements of magic. You know, like in my experience, it's like um, the burning and the blazing through all the bullshit um, to get to the essence of what actually wants to move through is uh, is the potency. You know, where I actually, my personal magical journey right in this moment is, um, yeah, like I've done a lot of work with fire, the element of fire in, in magic, and I've done a lot of transformation, a lot of like breaking through to get to the, to the core of things. And where the element that I'm more playing with now is kind of like, Space with with the void pieces that are really alive for me right now, um, and also just that kind of the feeling of like gentle air, and I, I experience that kind of like this free falling energy that I'm that I'm playing with now. Mm. Um, so I'm in total agreement with you on like yes, in the beginning a lot of times magic makes you feel like your world's falling apart, and um, because it is clearing out all the stuff that's that's not in the truth of your soul's alignment, mm. but also all those things are just um, you know breaking you into a, a completely different understanding and it, she kind of goes back to the dogma piece because a lot of the reason why I think people can't um like the spiritual community in general actually that plays with magic has this co- this conversation that I hear over and over again about oh you know I, I was going to do this thing but it wasn't in alignment you know this is like a really common phrase that I hear a lot of the time and um that not alignment piece is often like discomfort you know, like, and you, we really have to be careful where we're playing with. Um, actually, just makes me really uncomfortable to do this. And also, what is um, you know, you just actually burning through the layers of your value system to access a new, uh, a different state of consciousness. So when all those things are burning away, and your partner's leaving you, and you lost your job, and all the shit that goes wrong goes wrong, it's like it, that magic is testing you and saying, in this moment, can you truth? Can you stay connected to the truth that is? you know, that divinity is actually on your side and that magic is always working its way through you. And what has been my experience of that is that when I have stayed connected to that understanding no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how much it feels out of alignment, I've been able to connect to the, um, it's like staying, I always see it as like we're staying in. we're sitting in the chaos. The chaos is moving around us and we're becoming the eye of the storm inside of that. And when we become the eye of the storm, then it's just like we are actually initiated into deeper levels of magic that are able to come towards us. And that's to me when we start to get to play with like the essence of the void and the, and the like for me the magic from the void where I am listening to the nothingness now because I'm comfortable in the, in the eye of the storm and in the nothingness. And that to me now I don't feel like my life has to be like a fiery, you know, explosion of things just having to move out of my path to get me to um, connect to the alignment of my magic because yeah like I'm choosing for it to be a different um pathway mm. one of the other things I said as well with the people that connect get really deep into magic sometimes is that they think that that is the only way things can happen is to play with the element of fire um and so it's just like they just keep burning burning things away and having to have these massive peak experiences whereas I feel like now my experience is like every every moment of my life is self-pleasure you know like I'm just deeply in the sensations and and journeying with it's like I'm just touching on the reality in each moment that I'm bringing into existence, and so like it's like there's not big parts of me that are getting left behind before, anymore because I'm 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 journeying with that that element of air that is just touching, just so gently on on the parts of me that are in my subconscious.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's so many pieces there that yeah I completely agree with, and that's the thing. Some of the, my biggest life changing events have been and been through. Uh, places and people that I didn't expect because it wouldn't be somewhere I usually go because it's uncomfortable. And that's and that's the part as well because I'm really trying to, I had a story for so long that I wasn't intuitive. Um, but I don't think that's the case at all for anyone. It's just that I didn't trust my intuition because I didn't know what was my mind and what was my intuition as well. So is there a, for you, and that's the thing, it's, a, it's a, a different, right? Because some people I speak to, they're like their intuitions and in their gut or it might be in their womb, or you know, it might be in their chest, or it might be in the back of their left ear, or something like that. They, it's it's different for everyone. Do you have a, a kind of way for you to tell what is your authentic intuition, what is your mind, and and which which direction to go? And is there a method you still use, like a compass? Yeah. Do
0: you, yeah. Do you play with um human design?
1: No, but. You're probably the fifth person person who said that to me in the last couple of weeks, so I feel like I should.
0: Do <laughs> well anyway. They have this concept with um where our where our, our authority comes from, like our inner authority, and they talk about the gut authority and the sacral authority and the um you know the mind authority and this it kind of sounds is similar to what you're just sharing about like where does your intuition come from? Mm. Anyway, I have a quite a rare one, which is um, no inner authority right so like my decision making is coming from this place of you know when I first heard it I was like wow that sounds really disempowering like I have no inner authority you know like that I'm just kind of being blasted with you know anybody else that's around me sort of thing but what actually dropped in for me when I started to journey that on an embodied level was actually like then the nothingness is my authority mm-hmm. um, so it becomes, it's almost like you know when I have an idea drop in to me and I'm like you know I I often work in the visionary space so a lot of the ideas that um that I'm executing for my business it's like I'm they kind of come in for me from the nothingness and so when I have uh this feeling it's almost like it's coming in from the void like it's coming in from behind me and it's moving through me when something starts to move through me from behind and back here it's like it's not even in me. It's like it's just like right behind me, and it's just coming through. That's when I really trust my authority with it, because I'm like, oh, this isn't even mine. You know, like I have absolutely no reason to think this or to feel this. Like my conditioning doesn't even add up with this. Um, you know, there's so many different. There's no like, yeah. The in, the in, the intuition is sort of like deeper than that, and also like just for women, like for women that are watching this there's a big piece on like trusting your intuition and what that often looks like for in the beginning stages of trusting the intuition is going I'm getting this information that this person is not right or this is wrong or something or something fishy is going on here that's often where we play with the intuition piece and I think women have this experience that we need to be like that's fucked and like you know you need to act on our intuition and like we're getting this this is this spiny senses of things are not right and that we need to do something with it. And what my experience has been is like, it's actually asking us to deepen our journey with the thing that's uncomfortable. It's actually not always about changing something or catalyzing anything into existence. It's like, how much can you be with that fact that this thing that is in your life is, doesn't feel like it's in alignment. Mm. You know, it's like, it's just like the, and it's not, and not in a disempowering way. It's just like, what how do you take care of yourself rather than um, trying to control something outside of you? Mm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I have a similar view on like kind of the grand structure of the cosmos and the void, because I, I see like infinite potential all around in the, in the void and we can kind of pluck out what we want to bring into our, into our manifest universe. And I guess when we're talking about alignment to me, it feels like alignment with something that is ahead of myself, like myself ahead of myself or my higher self or my demon, whatever you want to call it. And I think, it kind of knows what i deeply want what my body wants my my subconscious wants but then my conscious mind is always getting distracted and all those sort of things but that also changes so my you know my higher self might be focused on this this path in the void but then as time goes on it's like actually no your path is changing so it's not really set and i feel like what you said earlier about we don't need at early stages in our in our you know practicing magic and our development spiritual journey often we have to have these big fiery shifts because we Mm -hmm. only listen to the loud noises, right? It's like your body, right? If you had an injury or even like a toothache, you know, your body initially was like, Hey, you know, the way that you're doing your yoga poses at the moment is hurting your shoulder. And first you get like a little niggling pain and then it gets louder and louder and louder. It's like, well, I need to stop now. So boom, the shoulder blows out or something happens and that happens, you know, in your body and in your life as well. And I feel like in alignment, what's really good for you, good for your soul and what you really want, if you're not listening or don't know how to listen to those subtle signs, the only way that you're going to listen is when, you know, your higher self or your your daemon or the universe is like, all right, you wipe it all away and then you stop. So I think that as time goes on for me, definitely, I've, I've learned to listen to the subtleties, but also I fall asleep. And I, that's, I, I think, a piece as well. I think that people think that once you're awake, you're awake. I fall asleep every day. You know, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, re-catching myself and being like, dude, you've really like fallen off your practice or this or this or this. And it's cycles, right? Like, Do you feel kind of similar about that that concept? Yeah.
0: And yeah, I do. And with practices as well, I think you just raised a really important thing of like, you know, we get into these ideas that, um, oh, you know, we must do this practice, we must keep casting this spell, we must keep doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there are other things that are grabbing our attention in in, in the space around us. And i am actually, you know, especially with the cyclical nature of being a woman as well, and, and um, is for me to really meet each moment. You know, like often one of the, you know, major magic um Access points as a woman is to play with the cycle like the bleed. Right. And one of the, and again, there's just so much dogma in this as well for me, because it's just like this understanding of like when you overlay it's summer and you must, you know, go out and do the spells, you know, and then when you're in uh, the autumn phase, you're in the enchantress and you're like this energy. And it's like, and when you're in winter, you must stay home and be in this and you mustn't be creating, you must be re- deeply resting. And mm-hmm. for me that like what I've journeyed with like spiritual practices and magic practices and, um you know, the cycle of what it means to be a woman is to access it moment by moment like again it's the same thing with the sensations it's like well, the only way that we find truth with with our path is to deeply trust the, the, to the coming back to the self so if in the middle of like ovulation I'm not feeling super creative and that I should be on a stage and speaking or doing whatever I need to be doing and I actually should be in bed resting I'm trusting that so much deeper than any other external piece of literature on what what my cycle means and again, within with my like spiritual practices or, or doing ritual, it's like if I, you know, if I'm doing breath work every day for a month and then I don't do breath work for two weeks, I trust that. I trust that so deeply inside of myself now. And it's been a process of, go, of letting go of more and more of the dogmas and the understanding. And it's about the the trusting of the process as I as things fall away and as things come into my life.
1: Mm, definitely yeah and I think a big piece of this whole house of majors for me is really finding a way to build a language with people and because that's you know coming back to the dogma and the ideas of words, trying to get across what this all means, how to do it, why you would even want to pursue this, because I think as well that I know you know I've said before it's just, just a call and you feel called to do this kind of work, but a lot of the time, yeah, it's it's a, it's a difficult path, a tricky path, very fun path. But, I mean, why – okay, I guess I could ask, what it would be the difference between doing magic and not doing magic? You know, it's – because if – yes, magic is everything and in everything, but if it's also in everything, it's in nothing, I guess. So what would be the difference between, uh, like, you know, of doing magic and not doing magic, walking the path of magic and not walking the path of magic,
0: I think it's um Ann Williamson that says like there's two ways to live life as if everything's a miracle, as if nothing's a miracle. Mm. And um you know that for me just that just that just solidifies it. It's like every day we have the opportunity to live in the gratitude of magic and what what can exist around us. Mm. and uh, and that we get to create our own reality. Um, and I would say that's the major difference for me between playing with magic and not. It's like you can you can be in life and you can be in the seriousness of like running a business and and you know being human and how hard it is and or you can literally just be in the the dedication to the deeper listening which yeah. is where the real magic is, you know. It's like I, I don't even know if I have any words for this. I feel like I it's just all over like my it's face. It's oh. Like it's just right
1: there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a lens, right? And um, and that, like what you said, it was well. Just like the the seriousness of it, of it and playing with it, and yeah, the sense of humor. I think as well that's why we gelled so well because, like, one, I knew like you just held that when someone embodies the magic that they do and their practices. And we've delved into some deep, deep stuff, some deep magic, some, yeah, really intense stuff. But yet we have this playful, ah, it's just all a game kind of thing as well. And I, I feel like a lot of, it, especially in the occult world and practitioners the magic, people get into this like headspace of they, and like you get this in the yoga world too, right? I mean, I, I've had some people just walk out of my classes because I make jokes in class and I'm not like a serious yogi and it's just people need to lighten up. You know, it's, you know, magic is the most serious thing that you'll ever do in your life, but... It's just magic, right?
0: It's just it's just a game. Totally. Yeah. I just like I feel like it's just so exquisite to play with the paradoxical nature of life and mm. and it's almost like life is art rather than life is science, you know? It's yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful path to walk and I think that it, I think that we all have access to it. Um yeah, I guess like I just encourage anyone that's watching this is to just like open yourself to magic with intention. I've also been playing with like intending things to happen versus having intention. And there's there's a, there's a beautiful fine line when we start to play with those, the intrinsic nature of these words.
1: Definitely. And one, one thing I would like to ask you, and we can put this in a different way because I, what you said is you're, you know, you invite anyone who is thinking about getting into magic to get into it. I guess I have two questions for you and they're kind of a similar question. One how would you recommend someone to get into magic? You know, where would they start? And I think this is a similar piece. I like the idea as well that, so imagine that, you know, you just know that you're, when you die, you're going to get reborn. But when you get reborn, you, you lose all your memories of your past life. You may have some certain skills and unknown skills, but you kind of have to refine them, right? So if you were to maybe for the next five minutes, make a little video to say to your next life self who is going to have no memory of this life, some advice that would quicken their path or advice. So say they found this at 16. You found this at 16 in your next life. What would you say? It it doesn't even just have to be about magic. It could be about life in general, but um, link it to magic and just what advice would you summarize in five minutes um, to to your next life self to give yourself a little bit of a, A kickstart, a little bit, just to put you on the spot. Not, yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, just five minutes. (laughs) I love it. All my Um,
1: time of work and experience in five minutes. What would you, what would you summarize? (laughs) Mm.
0: Yeah, I feel like the transmission is just like, um, it's it's actually just one of just like. I almost just want to giggle, you know like it's just like I just want to laugh with this younger part of me that's just like but wants to go on this journey and just um it's it's just like a knowing smile of of mastery, you know the journey is the is is the mastery, you know, and the and that is the magic um it's like the complete letting go of of all attachment to anything happening because it's already here. <sighs>
1: But how would you, what advice would you give to your next life 16 year old self who has no concept of non attachment yet? Hmm.
0: It's just like there's there's nothing to do, there's nowhere to be. Just coming right here. This is where it's like the party's here, you know. Like, there's nowhere else. Um, I, I love that. I'm assuming my six-year-old self is searching for the party, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and it's just the that 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 yeah, that softness. Like, this is like the major thing that I feel like I have been missing my whole life. That's only just dropped in for me. Now it's just the laughter and the softness of mm. all of these pathways. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter if you're trying to get a job, trying to do magic, you're trying to meet the love of your life, like all these things. It's just like all the things that we're trying to control. Mm. Like the actual relationship to control is actually what, we, what we're trying to work with. So it's just like listen, like reverse it, come back to actually what you're actually doing in each moment. So it's just like deeper, deeper listening. And I guess, like, really the major, like, tools for that, I would just say is self-pleasure. It's, like, sit with the word self-pleasure until you discover what it is inside of yourself. And sit and, like, honor, like, if I'm actually going to give advice to my younger self or to anybody that with playing With Magic, it's, like, sit with the masters, you know? Like, everything happens through transmission. It does not happen through understanding things from a mind. Like, even when people are watching this video of me and you right now, I want them to just receive you, you and I from what they feel in their body rather than what they're hearing us say with our words. Mm. It's just like the vibration of how, um, you know, you know, this is kind of what I felt when I met you on that dance floor. I was like, oh, like how you feel in your body is told me more about you than any words that you said to me. And I didn't even need to hear your words or how you were into magic because I could just feel your life force and your vibrancy. Mm. And that to me spoke volumes above everything else. Yeah. so the more time you're spending around people that you want to receive their transmission um the, the you know more powerful this is going to be
1: yeah i feel the same about you mm, i love what you said about yeah this is where the parties are because that's i've even said those words before because i think there's a big piece in the spiritual community that you know we want to be up here you know we either want to like go into the higher ethereal realms or even leave, you know leave the planet and all this sort of stuff and yeah, this is you know the combination of everything. This is you know the good, the bad, the dark, the light. But we can't experience that. It's all just a big paradox, and we really need that contrast to fully appreciate things. And um, it's interesting you're talking about ayahuasca, and um, I've delved into plant medicine as well. And I'd maybe maybe on another um, chat, we can chat about that more in more in detail. But the biggest piece that I got from my journeys in plant medicine when I read really, really frighteningly deep was underneath it all, the universe just wants to laugh and dance. That's all I got. Like that is like the cosmic joke. There's just nothing but everything, but all the universe wants to do, it doesn't give a shit about your you know, worries and stuff. It just wants to laugh and dance. And I think that's the biggest piece I took away. And when, things are getting too, I'm getting too bogged down in the muggleness of the world. I just come back to that piece, just laugh and dance.
0: Your goosebumps. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's that reminder as well, isn't it? It's just like our childlike state that I spoke to, you know, people tell you that it's silly to make potions or run around and chase fairies and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, like that's the wisest part of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Definitely, yeah, and I think that's as well. Our friendship, you know, early on in our hands we just you know ventured through waterfalls and just climbed trees and and all that sort of stuff, and yeah, just, just yeah, felt so connected to um yeah source, whatever you want to call it, but um mm-hmm. it felt more like myself than yeah, a lot of the stuff that I do, and yeah, and I think people just want permission you know cuz um and that's the thing as well like that's why i like chatting to you because you know you are successful in a business and and you know general life level but you make time for all this playfulness and to hang out in trees and waterfalls with fairies and um all that sort of stuff as well and people just want permission from people that um i guess yeah from their from their lens um you know have have their shit together uh, so yeah, I love that you're doing that, giving people permission to to play and yeah, that's all they want, right? Everyone just wants to to play and to dance and to mm-hmm. laugh, but um they just want to be told that it's okay and it's yeah. Mm. So um I guess to um finish off today, I just wanted to cuz you are sharing your sex magic course on House of Majors. And I would really love just to, for someone who had no idea what sex magic is, or even someone who has done other types of magic, I guess, what is sex magic to you and um, how it differs from other types of magic as you perceive it?
0: For sure. Um, so like, just while we're on the topic of plant medicine, I feel like for me, uh, this is very similar. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I want people to, like, when we're playing with the essence of Eros and and sexual energy, um, it can be very easy to play in the identity space, like, oh, that person's hot, I want to have sex with that person. It's like this kind of, it's still very driven from the mind, and it's actually driven from status and, and power often, it's like oh, that person's got nice shoes, I'd actually like to have sex with them, you know, they've got a great job. It's like, it's a lot of bullshit stuff, actually, a lot of the time that makes us want to have sex with people. And what I want to do is actually have people journey into um receiving this like it's medicine, you know, so when this eros comes into your, into your space, and you're actually choosing to sit with this as, as your magic, you're going, what is it that you don't sit there and say to Mother Ayahuasca, like, um, you know, this is how I'm going to have this happen. I'm going to drink this thing and then you're going to show me all of this stuff that I need to see. Like we don't, we, don't, we hold that reverence when it comes to plant medicine. And I'd like people to work with sex magic in the same way. It's like holding reverence with the eros and let the, the eros actually take you on the, on the journey. And it's the same piece that I speak to with like masturbation versus self-pleasure. Like masturbation is like we're going to sit and be with the body and we're going to use friction-based pleasure to um, have an orgasm, have arousal, you know, have pleasure at all. And with self-pleasure, what we're doing is actually going, I'm going to, uh, you know, be with the eros and allow my body to speak to me and allow my body to, do, to take me on the journey of where it needs to go to, to offer me the clarity that I'm looking for. Mm. So, yeah, with sex magic, just like visualize sitting with the space with that eros. And with that eros as well is how... The how the medicine actually works through ours
1: Mm. (laughs) Mm. well thank you for sharing and it's yeah it's an honor to have you as a mage and in the house of mages um so you'll be able to find victoria's work on there um and where else could people find more of what you do
0: Yeah, so we have the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy, which is um, the sexuality school. I have one for men, one for women. And you can find that at victoriaredbud.com. So I have the sex magic, we also have the butt plugs. Um, Where else? We have um, the Eros Vault, which is just like a whole bunch of like in deep, in-depth, like spells, I suppose, and um, information around the, the pathways of sexuality and mastery around sexuality, which is what I'm deeply passionate about. And yeah, and then it's just like any but anyone that wants to find anyone anyone who's connected to sexuality leadership. Like I have um, a collective of sexuality leaders that's a part of my organization to help people get connected with the different lineages. So yeah, if you have any interest in that, then hit me up. I can probably point you in the right direction.
1: Amazing. And just to just to end, what would uh, be one little sentence you would say to someone who is thinking about stepping onto the path of magic or really delving deeper into it?
0: get used to the paradoxical nature (laughs) of life (laughs) learn to play in all the spaces finding range in every single part of it
1: definitely yeah Uh, yeah, I love that cool (laughs) really appreciate it
0: thank you for having me it's been fun
1: yeah it's been really fun this is long overdue I'm sure we'll have another one
0: totally (laughs) definitely (laughs)
1: okay see you soon bye thank you for joining us for this episode of make yoga magic again the official podcast of the house of mages the house of mages is an online school of yoga tantra and the magical arts if you'd like to see more of what we're doing you can head to thehouseofmages.com otherwise all the links will be in the podcast episode description and we'd love to connect with you more thank you and make yoga magic again.